My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, the number one Stranger Things podcast in the world. Thank you once again to all of our many new listeners, all of our many old listeners. And I don't mean that to be ageist. Uh, just so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did. You definitely did. No, no, no. I mean, people that have been listening to us since the very beginning. It's so very grateful that this thing is doing as well as it is. This uh, streaming thing, if you will. Uh, we we very much plan to continue. We've got a lot of good news, good plans, and uh, questions maybe for you to help help us answer as 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 far as the future of our show. This is right now what you're listening to. Uh, the second grandiose mailbag episode. Yeah, the first mailbag episode uh, was so successful. Hoot and we got, holler. We got even more people writing in emails uh, than we did last week. So we just thought, hey, let's keep this these good vibes rolling. You know? Absolutely. Let's read some more of these great, great emails that we got. We got so many really good emails. Uh, we handpicked about 25 right before this recording. And then we filed all the other ones away in a folder to respond to uh the old fashioned way, right? Just a return email. Just oh, I because they're carrier pigeon. Yeah, you know, yeah. Smoke oh, I'll, signal. I'll go kill the pigeon. Or, since Andy's <laughs> such a big Harry Potter fan, I think it should be an owl. Right? Yes, please. I'm more of a Game of Thrones guy, so I'm going to send a raven, and the raven and the owl will fight. <laughs> I think the raven's going to win, right? No, owls are actually ferocious, owls aren't they? They're nasty motherfuckers, dude. They're like, who do you think you are? Sorry. That was a fucking. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just was right off the top. I didn't have time to think about it. You're going to make that bird eat crow. (laughs) Holy shit. Bird puns. Bird puns. But while we're on the subject, yes, you can write in anytime you have any thoughts or questions or concerns to streamingthingspod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at streamthingpod. We got an email. I want to, we do know how to use Twitter. We just, <laughs> what I meant by my comments in previous episodes is that we uh, didn't check the the podcast Twitter very often. It was more just our own personal ones, but uh, you can get more of this fun show by going to patreon.com slash streaming things. That's patreon.com slash streaming things. We post extra episodes and content on the Patreon feed. You can subscribe at a variety of tiers uh, to get different rewards. Uh, We're working on some extra rewards now that we've got Mm -hmm. some more Patreon followers. We're really trying to build out the whole Patreon thing. If you've been listening to the show for a long time, you know that sometimes we do this level of analysis for other shows. And but most of the time we just review like the hottest movies of the week, talk about things that we've been watching, things like that. But yeah, if we get enough Patreon support, we can turn this show into like a constant level of effort that you're hearing right now for Stranger Things. Like what we're doing for Stranger Things can be done. I envision for a ton of things like, for instance, House of Dragon is coming out. Rings of Power is coming out. Mm. Um, Westworld season four is coming out. We can finally have a Westworld season episode. Maybe. I don't know if it has the <laughs> if we have the, you know, the the backing for that. Uh, but definitely, I think Rings of Power and House of Dragon would be on the horizon. Or the first huge. two episodes of season. Yeah, four of yeah that's our style. Yeah. If you love the show that much and you can afford it, uh, that would be a really great way. I think that's that's the vision that I see. Just consider it. But anyway, that's that's what's on the horizon. All kinds of stuff like that. Thank you for your support. But if you can't afford to be a patron, that's completely understandable. Gas is over five dollars a gallon in America. Understood. It's right? even more so across the across the pond. Yeah, I don't know. They buy it by the liter. Yeah. Plus, the public transit's a lot better. 
That uh, is true. You know, so I think yeah. they're better off. But just in case, uh, if you're still struggling, that's understandable. You can support the show, as many of you have been doing, and thank you, by rating and reviewing the podcast on wherever you're listening to this. So, like, hey, just for example, I don't know if it may, might, might look like this. Apple Podcast, uh, five stars. Love the show. Chris is really cool. Something like that. That could be an example. I don't know. Why are you looking at me like I mean, that, You Steve? can also say Andy and Steve are also cool. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but we better get into it. We got a ton of emails to read. But before we get started, let's go to everyone's favorite segment, the Mad Libs. Okay, guys, this week, our Mad Libs is titled, Spare Me. Spare Me. Is that a Murray thing? I believe it is. Are you ready? I'm ready. Give me the words so I can put the pen to the paper and make a story. I've written down 37 words in advance. Well, hopefully one of them will work. (laughs) They're all (laughs) nouns. All right. First up, it's not a verb. It's an adjective. Uh, Quickly. Silly word. Flarfenargan. I'm more concerned with the fact that quickly might be an adverb. Quickly is definitely an adverb. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so can we go back, Steve? Sure. Adjective. I was an English I was an English major and I'm really upset right now. Adjective. Uh coarse. Like my hair is coarse? Yeah. Yeah. C-O-A. Plural noun. Let's go with high heels. Verb. Steamed. Or to steam, That's depending adge- on the tense. Adjective. Just steam. Just steam. No, as in one steamed his vegetables, Andy, thank you. Not the vegetables are steamed. Okay. It's both an adjective and a verb. Oh no, steam is a verb. Yeah. You just conjugated it. I did. Yeah. So steam. Yeah. Glad we got there. Noun. (laughs) Excrement. Last name. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Plural noun. Buns. Of the hot cross variety. Mm -hmm. Of the steamed variety. (laughs) Adjective. Inconsolable. Occupation. Taxidermist. Type of liquid. Oh, don't do it, Andy. Urine. Snot. Which which one? Which one? It's not a liquid? Urine. Okay. You're either in or you're out. <laughs> you're in. Adjective. Fluffy. Adjective. Scarce. Number. 19. Verb. Bless. Plural noun. Caravans. <laughs> Adjective. Hard. <laughs> Plural noun. Beers. Verb. Insert. And that is the final word that you have inserted into the story. So tune in to the end of the episode when we break down what these two jabronis wrote down for the Mad Libs. Spare me. And it's going to be riveting. So now let's get started pulling letters out of our proverbial mailbag. 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 Meet me. Mail's here. This comes in from Tom F. Hey, guys. Love the podcast. You can call me Tom. Hi, Tom. Hi, Tom. Hi, Tom. I've been thinking about this since I saw season four, episode seven, and Nancy being under Vecna's spell. I can't see her being killed by him. I just can't. So far, we haven't seen a main character be killed. I don't think they would mutilate her like that. She deserves more. I'm like 95% sure of that. She will find a way out. Maybe not like Max did, but she'll get out. At least I hope she does. Oh, God, she's going to die, isn't she? <laughs> this is a roller coaster of emotions of an email. Yeah, Tom. Like, Tom oh, does, my God, he convinced himself at the end. Yeah, Tom does not seem too too, uh, too confident in this. I, um, The more I've thought about it, I think that she's fine. I, I, I don't think that you end on that cliffhanger. I know we talked about the whole Walking Dead thing. Uh, we uh, end on that cliffhanger. I think she's going to be okay because of the cliffhanger. It could be so. And then a, a lot of people have uh, pointed out the the part two trailer. 
Haven't watched it. Not um, going to watch it. I haven't seen it either. Uh, I have actually, but I wasn't paying any attention. It was on TikTok, so it was more like I was watching TV and stuff at the same time. You're, but you, it was the trailer was playing, but all you heard was "My Money Don't Jingle Jingle." Yeah, it folds. It folds. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But it is actually "Jiggle Jiggle," Steve. Even though "Jingle" makes more sense, that was about as hip as we can expect Steve to be. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. No, you, Steve just wants to make logical damn sense that the coins are jingle jingling. Yeah, that makes not a lot jiggle more jiggling. What are you what are you fellow kids talking about? I thought I nailed that. So before we get into this, am I not being fresh? <laughs> there's another email that also talks a lot about Nancy, and I think I should read that one as well. And then we'll have a little more conversation. Um, but I'm kind of leaning towards where Andy's at, but for different reasoning. Um, but we'll see. This one comes in from Suzanne F. Hey, guys, have absolutely loved the podcast. You're so entertaining and you have big hearts as well. So it's been nice to get your take on the show. Okay. I want to share my questions and theories about the show to see what you think. There are two scenes that I think have to play somehow in the plot moving forward. One is when Nancy voices that the upside down froze in time. The night will went missing. Excuse me. The second is the scene where Vecna turns back the hands of the clock. This happens when either Max or Nancy are in his mindscape. Nancy was present when Max was talking about the signs that Vecna is missing with. That technique has played out as how you know Vecna is coming after someone. Yet he seems to put Nancy in a trance out of the blue. What if Nancy had been having the headaches and the visions but hasn't told anyone because she wants to get up in Vecna's grill? She's a reporter after all, and she's she's pretty great. Granted, this will be fearless, crazy, ultra badass, but a way for her to flip the script on Vecna. He thinks he's lured her in with her guilt, but she wants to get in there to figure out how to beat his ass. If this is not the case, then my backup is that Steve is still in the upside down with her. He figures out her favorite song. Like Steve said, maybe old time rock and roll. Eddie jumps down. His guitar plays, blah, blah, blah. She snaps out of it with more info on him. And, and then she says, and Eddie dies. Sorry, or barely escapes. They do show it. Uh, and then there's a talk about the trailer that comes in from Su- Suzanne F. Um, so I wanted to point that out, Andy, as, as well. Like she had posited this theory, essentially, that what if... Uh, Maybe Nancy's not even all that upset to be in there. Well, first off, don't speak that evil into the world. No, no, no. Eddie dying. That's that's not on the table. It's not in the room. I think what we need to put on the table is a prayer circle for both Eddie and Nancy. Shall we? Do you guys want to? No, I don't. I don't want to. I want to use all my juju for Eddie. Can I do that? You're not going to spare any juju for Nancy? I don't. Mm. Here's what I think. He's got limited juju. I've I've got a writer's brain. Have I ever published anything of note? No. Does anyone care what I think on that level? No. But I do think I have something to offer in that regard. I have a keen eye for this sort of thing, if you will. I think, my opinion, the Duffers have to kill someone from the main cast at the end of season four to raise the stakes Mm -hmm. for the finale of season five. Because up to this point, they have only introduced very lovable characters and then immediately killed them off. And so at this point, it's a shtick. We uh, we can see Eddie dying from a mile away, which is why I know that he's safe. I have more faith in the Duffers than that. Do you know what I'm saying? I agree with you wholeheartedly. And so I think if I'm looking at the main cast, who is on the chopping block, as I've said before in our main episodes, it seems to me that they've been setting Nancy up to be like a, a, an especially uh, viciously sad removal from the show. Uh, there's another email that we'll get to later why that might be a huge mistake um, from a writing perspective. And I, I'll grant that um, it could also be Steve. But I think that's almost too ballsy because Steve's probably got an 80 percent favorite rate. He, he was the favorite character of our listeners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everyone that I talked to that didn't write in, like just friends of my own life. It's always Steve. 
Um, so I, I don't know if that might be too, too much. That might be like a Jon Snow or something like, Oh, what'd you do? Well, then they well, might Jon Snow. Well, never mind. We can't get into spoilers, <laughs> but all's to say is that I think you're on to something. Uh, although I, 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 uh, I would think that uh, Steve was not originally intended to be a ongoing ca- recurring character. Correct. He was supposed mm-hmm. to die in season one. At some point during season one, I think they determined that they were continuing that story rather than having it. It was when Steve showed time. back up to fight the Demogorgon with Jonathan and Nancy, mm-hmm. which was actually originally supposed to be Lonnie in their original conception. Mm-hmm. And they were like, that's weird. All to say is that if they had an ultimate end game in mind when the, from the outset, they established that end game without intending for Steve to be there. Mm-hmm. And so he has been a fair game this entire time, but he's just been so gosh darn lovable that he's made it through. But I feel like his streak is coming to an end. Yes. I, I think it's looking more and more likely um, that that'll be the case. Unfortunately, yeah. what do you think, Steve? On Steve, any thoughts on Steve? Steve? Oh uh, man, I hope they don't kill Steve because then that just makes my own mortality in question. You know, we haven't gotten a Chris yet. We got an Andy. We did. We, we do have an Andy we, coming we, up. We, we did have an Andy. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah, Andy didn't last long in Stranger Shit. Things. <laughs> Not at all. But I hope you last longer, buddy. Mm. But uh, I'm. I, I don't think they'll kill Nancy. I don't think. I just don't think they will. Just because Nancy is like the strongest. She's the strongest female character on the show. Um, well, I mean, that's not true because Joyce is there as well. And so is Max. But I mean, there's something about Nancy where Nancy is just so I think the, that that writer, that listener was getting to the point where she is a dogged person. She is a dogged reporter, right? Yeah, she, she's ballsy. She goes in for it. I like that idea. Something I, I, I don't I didn't get any impression from her that that was like her plan. Right. So I think that that's a little off base personally. Um, but I think she'll capitalize on being there. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, she's that type of person. She does bring up a good point that uh, Nancy doesn't. She didn't have the symptoms. She didn't have the symptoms of the Vecna's curse. So maybe maybe that will speak to something different. Maybe Vecna won't have the control over Nancy that he had everyone else because he didn't have time to implant those those hooks into her, as it were. But yeah, I think there's I think it could also be because very important there. It, you know, uh, you may have said this, but it, it could also just be because she's in the upside down. Right. Um, mm, yeah, that, that he true. has a quicker access to whoever's in there with him rather, oh, yeah, rather than the headaches and stuff. It's yeah. just, that's the way I read it when I first watched it. Um, we're going to move on to our next email from Jamie M. Uh, and her subject line is how did Will hide from the Demogorgon in my entire theory? And Jamie wrote a really long, awesome email with a bunch of good stuff. She even used the word any which as people have, have <laughs> noted for, for a long time, I'm a huge fan of that. But what she basically says to sum up the first paragraph or so is that Will was hiding uh, with the music, right? And uh, should I should I stay or should I go with the clash? Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to talk about this in general. I thought this was a good email because I get this stuff a lot on TikTok. And um, and Jamie has a lot of really smart criticism and good stuff here. And she's it's been really well thought out. But I think that people are looking too much into it um, in a way. There's there's all these theories, especially on TikTok and stuff about, uh, oh, there's uh, the bell noise that. Uh, happens when when Vecna enters is actually in every single season. It's in season two in the tunnels. It's in season one. Um, when when is it in season one? When Will gets kidnapped, maybe something like that. But that noise is in there, like that little kind of uh, grandfather clockish noise that Vecna mm-hmm. has. Uh, but I have to point out, guys, 
the Duffer Brothers intended on Stranger Things being an anthology show from the very beginning. So when season one, at least they did have like an outline of how it might go as far as like the extended universe and stuff. But I don't think they had any of what happened in season two or three planned at all. And I think you can tell in the quality of the writing dip a little bit, especially in two. Yeah. And so I think all of what we're seeing now is retcon especially with like a Levin's thread with one and Vecna, all that stuff is a retcon in my mind and it's done really well because it fits. But I think we got to be really careful about how deeply we read into the stuff, looking at past seasons because you're going to find stuff that just couldn't possibly be there. Do you know what I mean? So like the whole music thing, I, I'm very, very doubtful that they had this whole concept of the music uh, creating a doorway back to reality with Vecna's powers when they put the clash in for Will in that, you know, in that show. Do you think that could be something that they retcon, though, as a reason? It's possible. Like that's, uh, oh, he was singing in the upside down. I could see them like smoking a joint like, bro, yeah. bro, he was fucking singing in there. Like, oh, duffers. <laughs> yeah, they always shout their own name in the bump chest. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Duffers. <laughs> I could see that. Duffers fucking unite. Let's do this. And they crush a beer can on their forehead. So uh, I have thoughts about that. Um, So um, the go-to reference that I have for that is Harry Potter. I do not think that uh, J.K. Rowling had the end game in mind when she set off with Harry Potter. And I think that she caught on to where she was going with it around the book, the fourth book. And then she used things that she had established previously uh, without knowing for sure what it was. I think she absolutely went back, reread her stuff, saw where where she had laid some threads that could potentially be picked up later, intentionally or not, and then picked them up and ran with them later on. And so I could absolutely see the Duffers going back and saying, oh shit, he was singing that. So that actually works. If we were to use this as a how you get out kind of thing. Yeah. Um, also, but what is the imply, implied there? Like he was kept safe from the Demogorgon because he was singing the clash like the demogorgon was like oh should i hit the class and, and would like hide off or i think she's implying that that vecna was there and vecna is actually behind uh, a lot of this stuff oh, okay and so if you're going to retcon vecna as being a background uh malevolence throughout all of the first three seasons you know what i mean blah 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 there's also been a theory i guess this is a good time to talk about this like where has vecna been mm-hmm. i'm sure you guys have been that's one of my biggest questions when we stopped our part one coverage mm-hmm. um the theory that i like the most as a retcon because that's what it is is that uh he feared 11 11 beat him originally he, she's the reason he's in the upside down so it's only because 11 is in california now that he's doing this at all that he surfaced and showed his you know mm-hmm. uh, that's why he was in the shadows before he was like oh shit Oh, she's the bald ones out there. She's my name, but double. Yeah, she's she's two ones. I am but one one. And out of many one. I am but one one, but she is the one one. Right. Exactly. Which one is the one one? Is it one or the one one? And where is eight? He could have also just been developing. Uh, it, like you said, it's all retcon. And I'm sure it will be explained. Uh I think that a lot of this is going to be answered by the fact that the upside down froze the day that Will entered it. Uh, the the journal stopped, and that that's the biggest mystery for me. And uh, I thought more about that too, and I thought we overthought it. You think? Yeah, because there was no gate. The gate opened. I mean, that's as simple. It sounds really dumb. Like I think we we're just overthinking it. But I was like uh, driving around this morning, and it just hit me. So. 
the, there wasn't really a gate when she sent one there. She uh, like teleported him mm-hmm. to the upside down. She didn't open a gate. There was a crack in the wall. She but, like melted him. Into, correct. Into the same the, way that, she does the Demogorgon at the end of season one. But there was a gate though because they show the the red gate closing. Yeah, but so all the tentacles. It was very temporary, so maybe not enough to freeze mm. the upside down. Right. Whereas there's a gate open for I don't know a week. It was more of a gap than a yeah. gate. Yeah, yeah, it was more of a yeah. But there's a yeah. gate open for like a week. In 1983. So the same day when she opens the gate because she touches the Demogorgon and freaks out accidentally. That's the same day that Will gets kidnapped. Right. So that's November 6, 1983. So well, it's I think, just I think frozen already, in that day because that's when it was opened. I think they already opened it. Be, uh, I think they already answered this is the, the, the sustained gate in the first season is open because Eleven made that psychic connection with the Demogorgon. Where she did, she made a psychic connection with something in the upside right, which down, which is what Vecna does when he kills people. Right, right. Whereas she just literally pushed him into the upside down. So maybe that no connection. There's right. no yeah, like the the, the the call was dropped. You know, sure, yeah. The, no, no one, no one answered. Hawkins yeah. couldn't was didn't have time to upload onto the net, as it were. You know, uh-huh. but that sustained spread. that sustained week long gate. Now, yeah, <laughs> I mean VPNs, right? Yeah, exactly. Am I right, guys? <laughs> War games. Yeah. <laughs> War games. Matthew Broderick. Yeah. We've got another email. Andy's going to read this one. And this one comes in from Ashley H. I don't know where she's writing from. I assume her iPhone, uh, but maybe not. Maybe not. Andy, Ashley, take it away. She did not specify, but Ashley says, boys, boys, my boys. <laughs> So damn glad I found your podcast during my excitement for season four. Your bromance is the stuff of legends, and I love the way you bounce off of each other. Oh, I love bouncing off of you guys, too. <laughs> like the my, duffers. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do. Duffers! <laughs> I love Steve's impression of Brenner and nearly spit out my coffee when he said, this is my crib. This is my crib. No one gives me words. <laughs> More Brenner impersonations, please. I've been here the whole time. Steve's over there. <laughs> I wanted to share a few Easter eggos I found on my own in case they were not in your radar, too. Eddie Munson could possibly be named after Iron Maiden mascot Eddie, who's featured on their album covers and makes appearances at their concerts. That's actually a really good poll. Erica's character, Lady Applejack, could be named after the serial. Sure. I like to think she is personally. But uh, that, that's me, Andy, adding that. Yeah, sure. But a very popular, well-known original My Little Pony is named Applejack. And I think that was a nod to her passion for the ponies. 100%. I think I think that's the actual. Very good, very good catch, <laughs> Ashley. Eddie lives on Holland Road, which is also Barb's last name from season one, almost hinting that the name means something bad or means something bad will be happening or is cursed. Thank you so, so much for putting out such a great podcast. Can't wait to listen to more episodes. Love. If douche Mike won't use it, I will. Ashley. Oh, she said love. Thank you so much, Ashley. And some wonderful pulls. We definitely missed the Applejack reference. Yeah, that's a great, great pull. And then somehow, even though we talked ad nauseum about Iron Maiden, Maiden for no reason whatsoever. I didn't know the mascot's name. I, I did I at one either. point in high school, I feel like, really? you know, when we were like the metalhead kids. Yeah. Somebody also mentioned to me, speaking of Eddie Munson, they thought that his name was a call to Eddie Munster from the Munsters. Mm-hmm. Could be. It could be. I, th- I I don't know. I think there's a lot of good pools to, um, to pull that from. So hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm like, my eyes are rolling back in my head. I, I watched a video. Oh on my this. God. Get, find his favorite song. Andy, find his favorite song. <laughs> Ain't no hollabacker. <laughs> hey, I fucking love that song. Beast for bananas. B A N A N A S. That's me getting saved. Just any kind of that. When, when Stefani was a good pool, Andy knows how much I love that song. So, um, 
you know how Eddie lives in that giant house that's like a Amityville horror house, right? Kind of thing. Not did I say Eddie? You just said Eddie. Uh, yeah. Like Victor Creel. Yeah. Originally lived in that giant house that, the now, house. that now Vecna lives in. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So the reason that those houses are cliches for horror movies, like uh, Mike Flanagan uses them a lot, Stephen King uses them a lot, those giant Victorian homes. Listen to me, buddy. There's a whole reason for this. And wait, did we talk about this on the he show? I told to this You're the one who told me that. Yeah. Um, Chris, Chris, I'm fucking begging Chris, you to listen to this. I'm begging you to listen to the show. I thought I watched a YouTube or something. I was about to drop some fucking knowledge on you, man. And you started, you started, listener, you couldn't see this, but you started going down that rabbit hole. And I percolate like, oh, oh, tell me more. You tell. Well, then. This is a relevant time, Steve. But hey, not everyone you listened to that episode. You the monster thing like you didn't know all that other info. <laughs> Jeez, you, can ex- you set me up for that. Go ahead and explain it in case we got listeners who did not listen to that specific episode. Also, I have something else I thought of completely on my own. Have you guys ever had Heath bars? Because I've been... <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny? Um, but what Chris was talking about is... Do you do you want to finish that story? No. <laughs> okay. Go on, Steve. Tell the, us the tell reason us why, why the Amityville Horror slash Monster House is the stereotypical Halloween creepy haunted house look. Those Victorian style homes is because those were the mansions that rich people lived in in early America, and then after the the Great Depression, obviously a lot of people lost their money, they lost their fortunes, they couldn't no longer live in those houses. They moved out. No one else could move in, so those houses just started becoming ransacked and decrepit and gross and I like they the s- word derelict derelict my balls Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a little Zoolander cut uh, and so when Hollywood came around in the in the 40s and 50s and they needed a haunted house they thought oh that's a creepy looking house and they were all the same and so that's the, the Munster's house was that all because these were the houses that people kind of associated with creepy looking houses in the 40s and 50s because they were the derelict houses that's right Solid. and Chris I'm so glad you came onto the show to tell us this <laughs> yeah well I mean I feel like <laughs> I would have told that better. We can all agree on that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, for sure, for sure. Why don't you go sure. ahead and tell us again? <laughs> Here's how I would have done it. Derelict. By O.J. Simpson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we've got another email from Abby G. Hi again. Sorry for all these emails. We just want to say we love all the emails. Yeah, right as much as you don't want. Don't you dare apologize. <laughs> just wanted to say I love the mailbag episode. Steve, thank you for all the hours and effort you put into the show last week. I'm Aww. so proud to say I've been listening to your show for years now. I look forward to the new episodes every week. Thanks for being my outlet. I can talk about this with looking forward to the episode tomorrow. Thanks again for all the effort and time you dedicate to the show. Speak to you guys soon. Smiley face, not an emoji, but the emoticon, which I have respect for Abby. Thank Jeez. you so much, Abby. She's clearly later millennial slash Gen X. Right. And I just rocking those emoticons. Steve, also, thank you. I wanted to keep that in just to throw Steve again some more some more props because Steve is the uh, as his Twitter bio says, the dick and balls of streaming things. But again, I think he's also the whole <laughs> I did spine that. Oh, not anymore. Oh, yeah. fuck. For professional reasons, that's fair. My, my bio is now simply and I'm Steve. <laughs> okay because the emmys are coming up next month and i don't want the emmys tweeting me again with my yeah, well, bio being the dick and balls of streaming thing. hold on hold on hold like on. last year let me just point out a counterpoint steve how many emmys did you win last year three okay and this was while it said the dick and balls of streaming things this is true okay so maybe you just hurt your chances my guy yeah. okay that's true maybe i gotta change it back right now <laughs> uh anyway andy's gonna read our next email it comes in from allison y and andy's gonna read it hi 
It's Allison. <laughs> Allison, I'm so that sorry. Inflection. <laughs> it's a little TikTok. You guys know what I'm talking about? A little. Hi. 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 It's but, Allison Y. Writing from Connecticut. Is a CT right? Yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. U.S. education. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Just wanted to say I love the show. I started listening after I finished season four, part one, and I loved how you guys analyze the show. I wanted your opinions on some theories I have seen. Eddie being 010, oh, 10. Eddie being 10. In the scene with Chrissy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, 010, oh, I, I got lost there. I'm sorry, guys. Eddie being 10. In the scene with Chrissy, they mention him looking different and have a buzzed head. And that he always wears a watch on the spot that would have the tattoo of the number. I don't know. This one is iffy. Mrs. Kelly being paired up with Vecna. She is the counselor, and all of the people she talks to are snatched up by Vecna. What kind of sold it for me was the fact that she wears a necklace that is a key with a clock at the top. And there is a keyhole in the grandfather clock at Vecna's house. Does it unlock? Does it, it unlock? <laughs> you can also hear the ticking and clock noises when Max is at her house. I would love to hear your thoughts on these. Thanks for the great content. Allison Y. Thank you so much, Allison. Um, I have heard this Eddie theory a lot. I absolutely hate it. I don't no. think there's a chance in hell. Uh, I don't mean to be so dismissive of anyone. Did someone say 10's okay? <laughs> <laughs> I was in the other room doing a crossword puzzle, and then I heard, is this true? If he was is like, my boy 10, okay? I don't think, I didn't see him shaking a magic eight ball. He actually uses real words. Oh, someone took his eight ball away. I know. Yeah. Well, he, he replaced it with a guitar. He actually has an eight ball, but it's not the one that you think. It's powder, my guy. What? <laughs> are, you, are you telling me that 10 is even cooler? That's right. <laughs> My boy. Yes. Do you, do you want to do a rail? Signs point to yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't think there's a, a snowball's chance in hell. Absolutely of, not. Of Eddie and the whole. He wears a watch. Okay. He wants to know what time it is. He's also dead. Um, um, yeah. And then Mrs. Kelly being paired up with Vecna. this one. I like, some, I've seen some tweets about that. And, uh, I didn't notice she had a grandfather clock ne necklace when we were watching the show. I did not either. I'm, think, I'm pulling up pictures of her necklace. I've heard this a ton. I, I guess it's a grandfather clock necklace. To me, it just looks like a stopwatch with an extra little bit at the bottom of it. Is this a questionable grandfather clock? Like it could be, I could see where you can make that. That leap. It is a necklace that looks like a key. There is a keyhole in the grandfather clock, and there is a clock on the key. So that's mm. that's fair. Yeah. Also, yeah. all of the Vecna-symptomed people go to see her, right. and they don't end up well, right? Also, those types of clocks have a hole in them that you use to wind the spring. Mm -hmm. that's so that might not be a keyhole. That's just a thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for clocks. So we're the jury still out. I like the idea of it, but I don't know how unless they expanded the Vecna lore to have some sort of like um, cultists. You know what I mean? That would be cool. In in the and we have it has been called the cult of Vecna, and we have uh -huh. yet to see mm -hmm. the cult itself. Uh -huh. I do just want to point out going through this uh, this grandfather clock uh, necklace rabbit hole has led me down. Apparently, there's a big Pinterest for all the necklaces the women wear in Stranger Things. Okay. Are you shopping? I'm looking at Karen's necklace from season four. I'm looking at Nancy's uh, shoe or her slippers necklace from season one. It's like that insert right. in the uh, extended versions of Lord of the Rings where you could buy like the big chess set. Or, oh, like, yeah. Aragorn's ring or the swords and stuff. Yeah, I remember that. We uh, we do like jewelry of the fandoms here on this show. Damn it. Bling. We got another email. This time, Steve's going to read it. And it comes in from Jonathan N, a.k.a. Jaybird. 
Hey, Jaybird's writing in. He writes, which gate or the gate, which gate is the subject line? Is the yeah. subject line. He continues, are we to assume that by kill by L quote unquote killing Vecna slash one, it opened the original gate? L in flashbacks during season one, episode six, she in the OG Nina, the one without the screens, opens another gate or the original gate. Brenner says, quote, it's reaching out. Hold up. To- oh, sorry. <laughs> Brenner says, quote, it's reaching out to you because it wants you. <laughs> Don't fight it. He didn't write that. <laughs> Can we assume uh, Dr. B thinks maybe it is one on the other side? Uh, implying the demagogue, like he's, he thinks one's on the other side and, and Eleven's uh, communicating with him. She is making contact with and not the demagogue. I think the scene has to happen after the massacre, but perhaps it comes before. Really confused by the timeline and events. Discuss. Discuss. And he like set us free, took off our leashes for this. Uh, again, I have to stress that I, I really have 99% surety that the Duffers had no knowledge of the existence of Vecna at the filming of season one, episode six, certainly at the writing of it. Right. And so, no, I don't think, well, this is actually cool. I like this whole idea. And again, oh, maybe yeah. it could be recton, re, excuse me, ret, retoned, retoned, ret, retconned. Re, re, re. <laughs> <laughs> to Marty B on the ones and twos. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I don't think so. I don't think so, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not seeing this one either. I do like that thought though. It, I do it, too. it is a really neat thought. I just don't know. I don't even know if um, in the moment of that scene he's referring to in season one, I don't even think if Dr. Brenner is even aware that she's contacting an upside down. I don't even know if he's aware of that. Right. Because from his perspective, Eleven just disintegrated one. Correct. Um, once he figured out that she didn't kill all the kids, it was one. And then he, they were trying to get her to talk to a, a Russian dude. Well, spying then, on him. They were yeah. using her as a spy. Yeah, she was, she was supposed to spy on a Russian guy. And then she heard the Demogorgon and it scared her. And so they sent her back in to try to talk to the Demogorgon that scared her. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know if, if there's any water to that, but I do think it's a really, really cool idea. There was that, a lot of water on the ground when she mm, found the Demogorgon. Mm, you're right. You're right. Just throw that out. There's also water in Nina. Yeah. <laughs> I like that he called it's, it the OG Nina. It's <laughs> it was it was my the OG Nina is really Nino. my hot tub at my house. Yeah, right. And I thought, you know what would make this better? Television screens. Mm-hmm. But then you were worried about being electrocuted. Mm, that would be a problem. Mm-hmm. That would be a problem. So what I decided to do was make it a pod. And then you lay in the pod and the screens are above you, hooked to a ceiling, so that they don't fall in with you. Cause that would ruin a jacuzzi time. <laughs> yeah, that would be a damper on any party. And everyone knows how Dr. B loves his naked jacuzzi time. That's true. It's well known about you. Put the jets by the balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nina, I say. <laughs> that is the best way to do it, my guy. Uh, Jonathan is right, though. Uh, in as far as like uh, L defeating uh, one, that is the first time that was the any type of contact with the upside down does mm-hmm. like occur just the rest of it less. So I, I feel absolutely. That's fair. All very good questions. Great thought experiments. Uh, we got another email. This one, the subject line is Team Heath. Yes. And it's from Nova. She's he or she says you can buy five or six fun sized Heath bars in a pack at Dollar General for a dollar plus tax. 
FYI. Steal of the century. <laughs> Just finished your whole Stranger Things joint and have I've subscribed. Apple Podcasts gave it five stars and reviewed. Hell yeah. I'm poor, so it's all I can do to support. That's we, okay. We appreciate it so much. It's Thank totally you. Fine. So, not, that's not all you can do. You just lied. You saved Andy a ton of money with that Heath Bar tip. That's true. God damn right. I, I'll definitely that was be, your Patreon payment right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely be bothering you again. Y'all are hilarious in my new favorite pod. Cheers uh-huh. from North Carolina. Unless there's a country abbreviated NC and I'm an idiot. New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good guess, Andy. That's what Heath Bars will get you. Straight to the brain. <laughs> and Andy read that and he's like, I got to go to the market up at the street and buy my Heath bars for a nickel. Uh, my next email comes in from Shanna and it says, hey, guys, found your podcast for season four. And I'm so glad I did. You guys are awesome and so damn funny. Uh-huh. The Dr. Brenner impersonations are just chef's kiss again i'm in the room yeah, i know we just appreciate you being here and all the listeners love it buddy okay i listened to the mailbag and had some more to share with you i had tweeted these to you guys but i don't know if you see them or really have any idea how twitter works still <laughs> that was the email yeah that's this is the one where i was like I, we know how to use twitter yeah. but i don't think i got these i'm not sure so here we go and she lists a bunch of really good stuff but i want to point out a couple things when dr brenner is doing the crossword in the beginning uh uh like the very first episode in the, what's it called? Cold open, I guess. Um, the flashback. Mm-hmm. The One of the answers in his crossword is Kali. So hopefully she comes back. Oh, Shanna writes. Okay. Uh, I looked it up. It's in the, the bottom right corner. It's a vertical space. Oh, you verified. I, I did verify this. Um, it is like, what was Kali the answer to? The picture I was looking at didn't have the question. Qu- yeah. <laughs> it just, it just good had question, the, Andy. Yeah, yeah good, sure. Good question. Um, it also made Who's me Who's the one that got away? It also made me realize, like, I, I, I wasn't aware that you spell Cali with an S at the end. At least that's how it's written in the crossword. So it's K-A-L-I-S? It, there's an H in there. I think it's K-H-A-L-I-S, yeah, is how it's spelled on that crossword puzzle. Interesting. I've never, well, I've never seen her name spelled. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have assumed. I, it makes, I, that doesn't break it. Or is maybe, that a word that means something? I don't know. I don't know. Or a maybe, place? I'll tell you. It was number 10 down, <laughs> and it was... Who was that little bitch that escaped my experiment? <laughs> well, just as sure as I am that Eddie's not 10, I'm equally certain that that Kali has to come back. You know, the Duffers wouldn't just leave that thread hanging like that, right? Absolutely. That would just be an atrocious mistake. Um, first, I Googled K-H-L-A-L-I-S. It's a perfume. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything there, right? It's a scent, a unisex perfume. I don't know if there's anything to that. I don't know if that holds water for you. You like water, Steve. Uh, all that's coming up is perfume. Uh, wait, in Arabic, Al-Khali is uh, a town in Iraq. That's not helpful. Uh, we'll get back to that. <laughs> we'll do hey, more research. The, the, <laughs> the crossword puzzle could have been like, what great perfume is this Cali's? That's true. That's I mean, true. the question isn't as important as just the existence of the word Cali. Yeah, I think Absolutely. it was very intentionally that. There, and I think that was a really good catch for sure. Uh, Andy's going to read our next email. It comes in from um, Carol and Carol's writing from New York. Aha! Carol from New York. All right. Carol writes in subject line, maybe an ego. Mm. Carol says, hi, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just started listening to your podcast and I've thoroughly enjoyed your coverage of season four, volume one. I was thinking that maybe using the name Argyle is a nod to die hard. The limo Definitely. driver was named Argyle. Thank you for all your hard work. I've been listening while gardening and my neighbors probably think I'm nuttier than previously thought with how much I laugh out loud by myself. Carol, 
from New York. Don't let your neighbors judge you. Let the neighbors watch. <laughs> uh, They're just a, jealous of the fun time you're having. That was a great catch. I don't know how we didn't catch that. I just watched Die Hard a couple of months ago, um, and it is a very unique name. Only that character, the new character in Stranger Things. And, and my, my socks. And my socks. That was my joke. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to it, Steve. Just like you beat me to the whole spiel about the houses. I'm begging you to listen to the show. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was a great catch. That is 100% where that name came in. I think that is an ego. Steve's going to read our next email from Jeanette. Uh, Jeanette writes in, Hey guys, I'm a new listener this season. Absolutely love the show. Have finished off season four, so now I'm listening back from the beginning. Also, I'm originally from the UK and have never heard of a trapper keeper. Is this an American thing? Uh, thanks again, though. Really enjoyable. Really enjoyable. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember why we brought up a trapper keeper. Uh, yeah, me neither. But yes, it's an American thing uh, in school. I think this was an Easter egg that we brought up in a, in like previous seasons. Oh, just saying that like, hey, there was a trapper keeper. Yeah, yeah. So a trapper. How do you describe it? A trapper keeper is like the. the it's like a the, folio that has a zipper. Yeah, a zippered folio. Yeah. It might be a British way of saying and, it. And you have <laughs> it, it, it. It's like a three ring binder that also can hold. Uh, has like little slots of like with mesh and zippers and stuff where you can keep your calculators. You could put pencils. a bunch of biscuits in there. You can hide your weed in there or your biscuits. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and yeah, uh, you you use that. Uh, it, that's kind of like your carry all for uh, for us at least in like elementary. Yeah, I don't school. know if it was for cool kids, but we definitely had. Oh, dude, I, like dude, if there, you was had a, a there was a cool trapper yeah. keeper, and like if you had it for a couple of years and you had drawn on it a bunch. Oh, I wrote. Know, um, it was definitely a status symbol for a hot like two years in like middle school. I remember I, I drew like the Led Zeppelin Zoso on mine. Uh, so the many Nirvana of those, smiley like, face S's that you make with like six lines. Oh, and yeah, those were on the yeah. back. You know, just for my pleasure only. Uh, the Wikipedia definition of a trapper keeper. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I looked this up because I thought it'd be interesting. Trapper keeper is a brand of loose leaf binder created by Mead, popular with students in the United States and parts of Latin America from the 1970s to the 1980s. It featured sliding plastic rings, folders, and pockets to keep schoolwork and papers and a wraparound flag with a Velcro closure. I was using that shit in the early aughts, my guy. Yeah, we, we live in Kentucky. Like, things are still hip here that have gone out of fashion yeah, some we, time ago. Yeah, we just got TV here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's color, too. It's crazy. Wizard of Oz is popping. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> but Trapper Keepers were dope. Like, they were kind of, there was, like, a weird plushiness to them also. Like, do you remember that, like, vinyl texture that kind oh, of, Oh, yeah. Like, that, that, dude, that texture haunts my dreams because, like, fingernails scratching on it. That's worse to me than a chalkboard. Ooh, I could see that. that, that the texture. I loved it. It but, kills me. But there was always that, like, what was that uh, artist that was always on the stuff in, like, Banksy. the 90s? No, not Banksy. But it was, like, Andy always, Warhol. like, it was always, like, very colorful dolphins and sea turtles and oh, shit. I do you remember that? about. Van Gogh. No, no. Saison. Splinter. This is very much a 90s person. Casey Jones. (laughs) (laughs) It's neither here nor there. Yeah. Listener, if you know, if you can, if you know what that is, let me know. Because now it's going to, I'm going to stay up all night wondering, who the fuck was that? Yeah, he has a very particular kind of psychosis and that that caused him to Wikipedia search Trapper Keeper. And that'll lead him down another rabbit hole. He'll he'll go all day. I have a lot of windows open on my phone. (laughs) He'll come back. (laughs) He'll come back as Dr. Brenner. We got another email from Declan. And he says, and he's from, he's writing from Ireland. Ooh, cool. <clears throat> Hi, guys. <laughs> just oh, wanted no. to, just wanted to, re- just want. <laughs> I have to do it. Stop Declan, laughing at me. Declan, we apologize in advance for what's about to transpire. <laughs> Stop looking at me. Everybody look away. Chris's look away. views do not reflect those of the, all the streaming things. <laughs> 
just wanted to reach out and say how much your show rocks. <laughs> That's Liverpool. You just went back into John Lennon. And he, sc- he screwed it up because we were doing this earlier. And there was a guy from Liverpool later. It's His name's Andy. And I was going to do that. Hold on. Uh, turdy tree and a turd. Turdy tree and a turd. I can do this. We're doing this. <laughs> okay, here we go. Brace yourselves, everybody. <laughs> I have offended an entire country. <laughs> I only... Okay, I'll just read it in American. Just wanted to reach out and say how much your show rocks. He thinks not so much anymore. I only found it through Stranger <laughs> Things, but I'm consuming your back catalog <laughs> at an ungodly rate. Keep being awesome, Declan. P.S. Have you guys watched Dark on Netflix? Yes. Most mind-blowing show I've seen in ages. It's awesome. P.P.S. Hoping a Willow recap is coming soon to tie in with a new Disney Plus show. Willow. Uh, we really appreciate you listening. Uh, absolutely super grateful for that. And I'm really awesome that you're uh, consuming the, the back catalog. A lot of people don't know, you know, we've been doing this for, for years and years, but you know, in the between times we've covered uh, a plethora of other shows and movies for the past, I don't know, 15 months or so we've recorded an episode every week. And mm-hmm. so we talk about whatever shows that we're watching at the time. And then we do a, a review of uh, a movie that we can all agree on for that week. So we've covered a lot of stuff. As far as Dark, I am on episode three. Everyone on TikTok is uh, infuriated that I hadn't seen Dark yet. And I'm a few episodes in. I really feel like I'm missing something. Um, in comparison with Stranger Things, it's really smart, but it's it's completely joyless. Like there, there is no humor whatsoever. You know, it is there's less humor than David Fincher's seven in the show Dark. Um, it's German. So that makes sense. You know, <laughs> they can be a bleak bunch, I, I think. It's um, efficient, though. Right. Very well constructed. Uh, but we'll absolutely be watching Willow. And as far as whether or not we'll be recapping it, it just depends on um, the resources that we have. And I hate to say it like that, but I mean, we got to pick and choose our shows. But the more like patrons and stuff that we have, the more obviously time that I'll, we'll have to devote to stuff like this. I think out of all of us, I'm definitely the one that will watch Willow. I'll certainly I, watch it. I will watch Willow. I will watch Willow. Uh, just because I, I do Same like the original movie. Weird. And I'm sorry I couldn't read your email in the way that you uh, definitely said it. Uh, I, was, <laughs> <laughs> I was way too toyered and I just couldn't pull it off. He called, Chris called me tonight, guys. He's like, I'm so excited. I'm doing a voice today. <laughs> I fucked it up, man. And I, did I not read the entire thing in a, in a swell Irish accent? It, it was better than when you did it off air. Yeah, that is well, true. The good news is there's a British one coming up. Well, I'll probably do that one like it's Irish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're stupid Americans, just uh, if you hadn't picked up on that. Andy's going to read our next email from Travis. 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 Travis writes in, hey guys, I recently started listening to the pod and have really enjoyed it. In your chapter seven recap episode, it seemed like the consensus was that you guys didn't much care for Henry Creel's obsession with spider. That was Andy. I saw this exposition as a, <laughs> I saw this exposition a little differently. Could this be a possible foreshadowing of the relationship between Vecna and the Mind Flayer? We know Henry is obsessed with spiders. He delivered a whole speech about spiders and how they are the gods of the earth and humanity is a pest. So how do we think Henry is going to respond when minutes later is thrown into the upside down? He is thrown into the upside down, which is ruled by a huge godlike spider looking creature who believes himself to be a superior being. That's a really good point. Uh, the Mind Flayer validate, or validates what <laughs> Henry <laughs> Uh, believes to be true. Perhaps that's the reason for the connection with the spiders. Maybe we will see Henry devote himself to the Mind Flayer in some sort of religious ceremony to become Vecna because of his preconceived belief in spiders. I thought I would throw this theory into the bag. Looking forward to more episodes of the pod. Cheers, Travis. Um, That's a really good point. Mind Flayer is a very spider-like, spindly little guy. 
He's not spindly little. big He's quite guy. large. He's big guy. Spindly big guy. He's a smoky big guy. Yeah, spindly smoky big guy. Mm-hmm. Smoky spider. I think that's an incredibly good pull because, uh, you know, we're all kind of we're hungry to see what the connection between Vecna and the Mind Flayer is. Uh, you know, there's that whole discourse we've talked about before about maybe Vecna is actually the leader and not the Mind Flayer. You know, we don't think that, but that's a big thing that people think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I do like this dot that uh, Travis is connecting here that he is spider like and Vecna would probably get up there and be like, oh, my God, look at the size of that spider. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to devote my life to it. Oh my God. You want me to wrap myself in vines and look like the fucking crypt keeper? Yeah. I think I do it for you, daddy. We will hundred <laughs> percent get more backstory on how Vecna became Vecna. That'll be some more flashback reveal. And uh, I think this is a really uh, intelligent thought as to kind of how it went down, at least a, a, a clever thread that they might've been connecting there. So well done. Well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got another email that Steve's going to read. Uh, Sandra from Australia. Oh no. <laughs> And Steve does a phenomenal Australian accent. I don't. Way better than my Irish accent. I don't. <laughs> we just want to do them justice to how they, you know, this is how their thoughts were thought. I don't know if this is doing them justice. Though. I re- okay, so I'm going to do this in my best Australian accent. I don't think I do a good one. Chris thinks I do, but I don't think I do. It's just fun for me. Hello from Perth, Australia. Dakers hometown. Short time listener, first time emailer. I really love your podcast. I only discovered about a week ago, but I've caught up on all of season four episodes. I have a small ego for you. I haven't heard it talked about everywhere, so maybe it's just a bit too obvious to mention. Erica's D&D name, Lady Applejack, is a reference to her love of My Little Pony. She and Dustin discuss MLP in season three. I love the the, the shortening of My Little Pony to MLP. MLP. You down with MLP? She and Dustin discuss MLP season three while crawling around in the Russian bunker. Today, I was browsing an op, an op shop, you call them thrift stores, and I bought a book called Stranger Things, Suspicious Minds. It's the first official novel and is set in 1969 and focuses on Brenner, Terry Ives, and the MK Ultra Project. Looks like it might be an interesting read and to keep me going until July 1st. Thanks again for your efforts you put into making the podcast. Sandy. Thank you so much, Steve. You nailed it. I told you. I'm going to go to Bondi Beach. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if... Nose cone. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good, man. Months, months ago, someone was trying to tell me like the, like the how to get an Australian accent if you don't know how to do one. And they were just... They would they said, just say nose cone. <laughs> nose like, cone? Say nose cone like this. And that kind of leads you to... Do, how, it, do it again. Nose cone. Nose cone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I don't know how true I, that is. I I'm so it. I'm so sorry, Sandra, well, if that now. is if that is offensive. It's just, it's a lot of fun to do voices because we Americans have no fucking personality. Yeah, in our we do other American all. accents too, like Southern, and you know, we, we, it's the whole thing. And like, I don't know if you guys know this, but I, I I've been dabbling in improv, so like a lot of my favorite things to do in improv is voices and stuff. So mm-hmm. that's why I get really into this type of shit. Yeah. So, but I'm sorry if that offends anybody, but ah. it's a lot of fun to kind of play in the <laughs> wheelhouse. That is, nose cone. Um, the reason I want to read this email um, so much, you know, we'd already talked about the My Little Pony thing, but A, I wanted to make Steve do it in an Australian accent. 
But also, <laughs> I think it's really interesting, uh, this whole like ancillary canon thing that they've got going on, similar to how Star Wars works, where there, I think there's like 380 Star Wars novels or something crazy like that. Uh, I know that yeah. there's, there's a, a couple of fictional podcasts uh, out there from Netflix, sanctioned by Netflix, like the Rebel Robin one or whatever. Never listened to it. And there's uh, <laughs> <laughs> like this book, Stranger Things, Suspicious Minds. Uh, and I think there's some graphic novels or comic books as well. I haven't I read any one of those. Of their books. Uh, like it's called like The Town on the Edge of Darkness. I read like half of it and it was really good uh but it just it wasn't scratching the itch for me in the right way and i eventually put it down right do you not good enough to finish huh yeah do you think they listened to the elvis song in that book the suspicious minds book (laughs) maybe so all i know is that uh uh, (laughs) what's the line it has everything to do with yeah (laughs) yeah god i was really hoping any would come in with that (laughs) and he did not disappoint uh so we got an email from uh alexis and she says, hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. <laughs> I just found y'all's podcast and just hey, finished y'all. the whole season four podcast. Need to listen to the rest. But I was uh, rewatching the trailers, hoping to find a sneak peek into the new episodes. But I noticed in the trailer, Billy's gravestone says Billy. But in the actual episode, it says William. I know it's nothing huge and y'all probably already seen it. But just in case, there you go. Uh, attached pictures just so y'all can see. Thank you so much for attaching the pictures just in case. It was very thorough. Uh, we did talk about this a little bit and I made the joke that maybe it was just uh, a continuity error and they had forgotten that they did that. But Steve and I, when we were planning out the episode and talking through these emails before the show, it hit me. I think I know the reason. Uh, and it has to do with lack of faith in the audience, specifically mm-hmm. the American audience, most likely, because we're, we're dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they put the Billy Hargrove um, tombstone in the trailer so that people would know, oh, that's her brother Billy. Her brother Billy, yeah. Because we're dumb. And they didn't, they, because you know, there'd be one American out there. Who the hell's William? Who the heck's William? I miss that guy. Why is she so, why is she so sad about William? Why is she reading a letter to Billy in front of William's headstone? Who's that? (laughs) I feel like this is disrespectful to William. (laughs) Right. And I think, um, what did, you do your, to do with me? <laughs> did you do your Elvis accent at first and then just get bastardized into some madness? Now you're doing Boomhauer and I Boom can't Hour. decide why. It has everything to do with William. Uh, I think Ooh, that, that a good one. yeah, Steve does was, Andy better than Andy. It was absolutely just a continuity error. Uh, and I think that, yeah, initially they probably made that thinking all these Americans, they can't have the boat that rocked. They need pirate radio. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> they uh, deep cut. They, yeah, 100% were just like, these dumb fucks don't know that William is the long form of Billy. Which is a shame because if you guys listen to our uh, season four predictions episode, like before the season came out, like we talked about the this difference between the trailers. Because uh, there's also a wide shot in the trailer where they didn't make it Billy. It, the William's still there. It's the shot where Max is rising from the ground. At some point, they thought um, better of it. But like we talked about like, oh, maybe... Vecna plays with uh, like we talked about like alternate realities and stuff like that. Like there's a whole big like, oh, there's a reason why that name changed. But really, at the end of the day, it does seem like it's been just it's just for what you guys said just to make it easier for the audience. We overthought it a little bit. And that's what can happen with these fandoms. So just be careful out there when you're surfing the old interwebs. All right. Anything and everything all of the time and full of terrors. That's true. Uh, our next email, I'm just going to read through real quick because there's a couple things I want to highlight out from it. It was a great email. Um, it's sent in from Andy from Liverpool uh, and it says Dart is still alive. And it says, hey, guys, just want to start by saying I'm a new listener to the podcast and I absolutely love what you're doing. It's great to come across a podcast made by fans for fans. Thank you so much. Now, as a new listener, I may be repeating a theory that you've already discussed. So forgive me if I do. 
Um, and I want to point out this real quick. So this is super interesting to me. My theory is that Dart is still alive and is, in fact, the Demogorgon at Kamchatka. I actually made that joke when we were watching the show and Steve was like, but he would have a yellow stripe. And I think Steve's got a point there. Here's how I think that the guy Andy says it was established in season one and the graphic novel, The Other Side, of which I did not know, uh, you know, existed, that Demogorgons can open portals to the upside down whilst a gate is open. So I had talked about this at least twice in mm-hmm. our coverage that I was so confused that the early Demogorgons had this ability. And uh, apparently it's like a uh, canon that they can do that as long as there's a gate open. Did you know this, Andy? I did not. I'm, I'm uh, peeping it right now. This, is, this uh, is this is some Star Wars level retcon nonsense where like something doesn't quite make sense in the main so they shows. Have other so media? A, a comic book. Where, oh, well, if you read this book. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. Kind of, it's kind of like we're like with like, so Steve's Ra- used to this shit as a huge Star Wars fan. Yeah, when Rise of Skywalker came out, and they were like, "Oh, Palpatine is Ray's grandfather," and no. you, everyone was like, "So does that mean Palpatine fucked? Gross!" <laughs> no, if you read this book, the complete guide to Rise of Skywalker, you find out that <laughs> she's actually the, the daughter of a clone of Palpatine because Palpatine definitely didn't fuck. <laughs> the, the clone fucks. Uh, the clone fucks. Mm. And uh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you right. have to find that out. That is that way. true? That's that, the no, canon? No, that's 100% true. Yes. That she is the daughter of the clone. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Which is the same DNA. He doesn't fuck. He shoots mind jizz. Right. <laughs> so, and then he goes on to say, now we know a gate can't be open in Russia or else the Demogorgon would make a portal and leave. Uh, so that you're saying that there's like a uh, proximity to the gates giving Demogorgon's powers, Andy? Is that what you're saying? Uh, because there is a gate open in Hawkins. Just throwing that out there. So uh, anyway, he goes on to say, then we learned in seasons two and three that as soon as the gates closed, all beings from the upside down that are in our world die instantly. Hive mind. Like the demo dogs and mind flare monster was made out of smush people. Now, whilst we assume Dart died in the tunnels, so he goes on uh, for uh, with a lot of an intelligent stuff for a long time, basically saying that there's no proof that Dart died. He just kind of has a, a, a hard time breathing. He's got some asthma, but he he was visibly distanced from the other demo dogs. Um, and there's no evidence that uh, Dart was actually dead. He thinks that Dart was technically born in our world, thus making him a mouth breather. Um, <laughs> and he says that the <laughs> Russians were in Hawkins for a long time. So maybe they ran across Dart and picked him up. I think that'd be a cool nod to previous seasons. I'm not convinced that it's Dart because like Steve pointed out when we were watching, there wasn't that demarcation that we had for Dart in season two on the the adult demogorgon also else though solid i thought all the demo dogs were born in uh our world yeah because they the idea threw them up yeah my idea was that will was vomiting the eggs for a long time Mm -hmm. one of which ended up in dustin's trash can Mm -hmm. was the way i was watching season two so Mm -hmm. i thought all the demo dogs were basically of this world or whatever that was my thought as well Mm mm-hmm um, but I do like that. I like, I mean, it could be dark. Maybe he developed a, uh, a way to live in our world without the hive mind. Thanks to a lot of he three be, musketeers. He could be working a nine to five paying taxes somewhere. <laughs> I mean, how would we know that new bagger at the grocery store is really <laughs> weird looking, <laughs> but super nice. Yeah. Paper or plastic. <laughs> but he keeps eating all of our three musketeers. Might have, might have Sorry, to, I have a problem. Might have to let him go. Why did he sound like uh, the cookie monster? Well, I was trying to give him like a like a flappy face. Yeah, you gave him a good. <laughs> I was trying to give him a, a, a flappy, flappy face. A flappy face. It's a trap. I was trying to give him a flappy face. <laughs> He's just Admiral Akbar. That's a trap. Our next email comes in from Abby. 
And that's going to be read by Mr. Andrew because they both start with A, and I think that's cute. Abby, oh, you didn't have Andy read Andy? Oh, that's right. There's another Andy. Hold up. Oh, snap. Another Andy also from the UK. Yeah, I know. That's why I thought I, I, I just read that one. Go ahead, Andy. He says, Andy do Andy. Lads. <laughs> New to the show this season, my wife and I love what you do. Quick question. What are your thoughts for Stranger Things dropping episodes for season five on a weekly basis rather than releasing all at once or in volumes? Would allow you guys to keep some respite between episodes. Keep up the amazing work. Andy and Anne-Marie UK. Uh, well, they've already said they're not going to do that, and I'm real sad but that would make Indeed. our jobs easier and it would keep the cultural conversation relevant for longer. And I wish they would reconsider. I agree. I wish that they would do weekly. I don't think Netflix will ever change their model um, because that's kind of a, uh, from a marketing perspective, it's like saying everyone else is right and let's switch to what they're doing. It kind of makes them look from a battle perspective. It makes them look weak, mm-hmm. you know? What I mean? <laughs> and I got to say, I, I profess the opinion that as a podcaster who recaps these semi-professionally or whatever, um, I would really appreciate it if they did this, you know, did away with the binge model. And I got a lot of vitriol from uh bingers, mm-hmm. like, like immature, angry, like just cause you can't restrain yourself and watch one a week doesn't mean we all have to suffer. And it was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Jesus. A little, little bit of leap. Jesus. Uh, so people feel very strongly for the bench model. There's a leap. And then there's that cliff you yeah. just went off of, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, no, absolutely. Uh, there, uh, to me, uh, aside from the fact that they've already established that as their thing, there's no reason not to. If if you did that already, the part one would have taken over a month for Stranger Things, and that would have meant two months worth of subscription. Here's what's so funny. The people that are watching. I think the, the re- I'm sorry to inter- interject, but I forgot to say this part. You, you notice now, first, it's because the quality of season four is very high. Right. But also, I think the fact that it's split into two parts this way is part of the reason that it's doing so well, that people are going so crazy, that everybody's talking about it so much still. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of ironic that they. It also keeps them having subscribers for yes, three months. It's as opposed subscriber to retention, retention, all that stuff. Um, it's just a fucking no brainer to me. But. I, I, I don't think that Stranger Things necessarily, at least the current way Stranger Things is made, merits being released weekly because um, they definitely going in when they create the show, they are creating they're aware with, of the binge. Model. They are they're doing it with the binge model in mind. So if you were to take the current incarnation of uh, season four and break it up weekly, I don't think it would be nearly as successful. I think you would have people drop off because um, some episodes would be like, oh, that didn't. Oh, I forgot it came out. I think you would have more drop off because of the way the episodes are structured. Now, if they made the the season going into it, knowing that they were being made weekly, they would adjust and it would be fine. Um, I think out of all out of the three of us, I'm the one that's the most like, no, I like the binge model more because I can enjoy it almost like a movie and have the full experience and be done with it. Like, I don't really need the online discourse personally i and i find in some ways online discourse can hurt a show like you look at something like game of thrones for instance like I, you are currently the online discourse of this show I, I ironically know. which is which is very which <laughs> i don't need what we are we like, i hate here, people guys. that do like podcasts i don't need I, all that i'm completely aware of how weird it is but like I, I i always point to a show like game of thrones where people were like coming up with like these theories that lasted for years and then when the show didn't do those theories 
or even like the Marvel shows, like the Mephisto. We joke about that shit all the time because people are like, Mephisto's coming in Hawkeye. Yes. Uh, that's why I say don't, you know, be careful with this stuff, guys, with Stranger right. Things, because you might just be really disappointed. Like if Eddie's just fucking Eddie. Yeah. And, he, <laughs> yeah. and he's just got to watch, then you might be mad. And that's kind of your fault. And that's why I, at the end of the day, I don't feel like there's a right answer. It just depends on how. How do you make the show? Are you making it to be a bingeable show? Then release it bingeably. If you were making it to be an episodic thing, release it episodically. Um, It just depends on how are you engaging the market. Fuck. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) We're having a little English lesson over here. Uh, Yeah. So very good question. Um, Very good question. Steve is going to read Abby's email because Andy read Andy's email. And Abby's writing in. I don't know from where. I don't think. From the sea. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Abby writes in, okay, guys, first time right in er, right in her and actually kind of a new wish listener. Well, welcome, Abby. I found you after I binged part one of season four and was looking for a podcast that was both funny, but also had some really good deep dives I could get behind. Lo and behold, streaming things. Hey, that's us. It's your boys. Uh, I just needed to say <laughs> it's your boys streaming things. <laughs> Smash that subscribe button. Sorry. Click on the bell. Uh, I just need to. She continues. I just needed to say how awesome and thankful I am that you guys put the trivia episode out. Ah, oh, Abby, after my own heart. Steve works so hard. I work from home, so it was a great way to procrastinate from my job and get my serotonin levels up today. A hundred percent. Am going to subscribe to the Patreon. Oh my gosh, Abby, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks again for all of your hard work and the laughs you provided. I can't wait for more inside jokes more laughs more justice for barb and more episodes love abby c mike not that hard you muppet mm-hmm. mm. everybody running mike through the ringer and i live for it yes i'm please. here for it damn it more of this less of everything else thank Ab- you so much abby i you know i wanted that email in again to throw it to steve for how much uh, work he put into that specific episode and just the show in general uh, thank you guys and uh, i appreciate you giving the patreon a shot we, we won't let you down hell yeah our next email comes in from Jennifer, subject line, more Easter egos. And this uh, email comes in from Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Hi, guys. <laughs> I don't know if you're still doing these for season four, but on my second or third rewatch, realized that Eddie looks slash is styled exactly like Eddie Van Halen in the 80s, which explains why I immediately loved him. I just want to throw this one in because uh, earlier we talked about uh, Eddie, the Iron Maiden mascot. So possible different explanation for Eddie. Also, did you notice that the psycho cop, the assistant, not the head guy. So Callahan, not Powell. Psychopath. Yes. Gave two thumbs up at the end of the press conference when they were talking about all the killings. Who does that? <laughs> not sure if that was mentioned or not. Love your show, Jen. Uh, that no, was not mentioned, but I, I love that you caught that because that dude's a <laughs> fucking psycho. God, what is wrong with that guy? Can you imagine like you're at a press Defund conference? Defund the police and in Hawkins. Like, yeah, we're, a lot of kids are missing. We don't know what it is, but uh, we're going to find out. Thumbs up. (laughs) A lot of brutal killings. Today, which shall live in infamy. Thumbs up. (laughs) Two thumbs up. Andy, I got the perfect email for you to read. Yes, please. The next one comes in uh, from Allie uh, from Indianapolis, not too far from us. And Andy, take it away. Allie, subject line, new listener. Hey, (laughs) y'all. I just found your pod because I'm in love with Stranger Things. My friends and family are just not on my level. Looking at you, husband. Husband. I have loved listening to your show recaps. Thank you for your fun chats and deep dives into fan theories. I had a fun idea for a show slash segment for you to do during the in-between time before volume two comes out. You mentioned during the episode seven show that Nancy is a Gryffindor. 
100%. And I want to hear which Hogwarts houses you'd sort the other characters into. God, I didn't read this email. This is right up my this alley. This is right up your alley. <laughs> Dustin, totally a Hufflepuff for obvious reasons. Robin gives me Ravenclaw vibes because she reminds me of Luna Lovegood. A bit wacky, but intelligent. What do you think? Thanks for your great content. I can't wait for the rest of the season and for your thoughts on the show. Thanks a lot, Allie. Well, Andy, you're you're our residential uh, Harry Potter pal. Um, so, so my wife disagreed about Robin. She thought she's more of a Hufflepuff. Oh, really? And okay. I explained this listener's reasoning, which I agree with, that Robin would be a Ravenclaw. Um, I'm down with Dustin being a Hufflepuff, but he could also be a Ravenclaw. He's super, super smart. So I would actually put Robin into Gryffindor. Uh, she gives me uh, kind of like Neville Longbottom vibes. Not like that she's like dopey and, uh, you know, falls over herself, but that she's... She does literally fall over herself. Uh, mm-hmm. She has she's, poor coordination. She does have poor coordination, <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah. you know what? You're right. Uh, but also, uh, she is like the unassuming, uh, severely brave person. And uh, when it became a question of... Uh, hey, there's a uh, a Russian lab in our mall. She's immediately like, all right, let's crack the code. Let's fucking go, you guys. And uh, so in, in that regard, even though like she was intelligent with like the cracking the code and stuff, which is very Ravenclaw, uh, just the the immediacy with which she uh, was willing to risk her life for these people that she just works with and this annoying girl that comes in and asks for free samples, that, that was big Gryffindor vibes for me. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, uh, big G energy. Let's throw out some names. I'm going to throw out some, uh, some, let's talk, let's start with the boys. So what do you agree? Dustin's Hufflepuff. I would, yeah, I I would call Well, no, actually I would call him Ravenclaw. Okay. He's the smartest of the bunch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I I think, I think there's an argument to be made for Ravenclaw. Okay. Uh, what about Lucas? I think Lucas personally, I was thinking about this. I think Lucas would be Slytherin because he's ambitious. I would also give Lucas Slytherin. Uh, he's the one that's trying to, uh, he's a little, it's a little conniving trying to get in with the cool crowd. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's out there with Crab and Goyle. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> playing basketball. They get a bad rap. Albus Dumbledore or Albus Potter ended up being a Slytherin also. So we know good ones. In, oh, in for sure. Yeah. A little bit of a bad rap for all the murder and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but Mike's and, definitely a Slytherin. Before you ask, okay, Mike, I think and is a Slytherin. Ted's sure. a fucking Muggle. Ted is a Ted <laughs> is definitely a fucking Muggle, dude. It bones me on that yeah. one. Language bone you, Steve. Um, what about Max? Max, Max. got to be a Gryffindor. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Gryffindor. Zooming around, she's a Zoomer. Eleven. What about eleven? Eleven is like uh, eleven a little hard to. What's pin the down. French school? Uh, Bo- Bobaton. Maybe she's just like a Bobaton. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah, she, yeah cause she's like the the otherworldly, quote unquote, foreign mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kid. You know, that comes in from a different school, also Who known doesn't as speak the language. Right, speak the language. Yeah, Triwizard Tournament. Yes. Oh wait, I just said random shit. <laughs> Patronus. <laughs> Am I right? Am I right, guys? Mm-hmm. When Guardian Leviosa. <laughs> Birdie bots beans. <laughs> <laughs> Butterbeer. <laughs> Who else uh, we got? Hopper. Hopper. Ha, ha. Hopper uh, is like the Hagrid of the bunch. Hop. You're a wizard. Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to say. <laughs> I want to say Gryffindor, uh, but he also kind of gives me uh, Hufflepuff vibes. I see. I, I, I think George is a puff. Let me interject. I've always 
uh, my wife hates this about me. I always see like a negative connotation surrounding Hufflepuff. <laughs> like, How fucking dare I'm you? I'm sorry, Steve. How f- I'm a Hufflepuff, damn it. Like, you know what because I mean? They're and, kind of the and everyone else vibe. It's yeah. It's, in my mind, it's like you're fucking Hufflepuff. Like, that's how I hear it in my mind. And uh can't believe this. My wife always, without fail, Cedric Diggory was a Hufflepuff. Goddamn right. He's a Hufflepuff. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, the one that died. <laughs> Loser. Loser. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. They're just really friendly, really kind. They will give you the shirt off their backs yeah. and not ask for anything in advance. And you know what else bothers me? Isn't their their emblem like a fucking badger? It is. Yeah, honey badger don't give a fuck, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I will not stand here while you sully the good name of Puffs like everywhere. You got, like, you got a slithery little snake. Little <laughs> snake. Which is scary. And then uh, what's Ravenclaw? Like a raven? Raven. Raven. I would assume. Uh, what? <laughs> and then Gryffindor is like what? Like a bear? Lion. Lion. A bear. <laughs> a bear. <laughs> a mine. <laughs> a mine, he says. Uh, there's a reason we cover Stranger Things and not Harry Potter. We're mixing our fandoms. <laughs> Actually, I read all the books, damn it. Anyway, that, that is fun. Any other characters we want to throw out? Uh, Murray, actually, what would Murray be? I kind of, that's the, this will be the one we end on is Murray. Mm. Murray's uh, Murray. Mm. He reminds me of like Flitwick kind of, isn't that the, uh, uh, Flitwick is the head of Ravenclaw. Right. But I could see him being a Ravenclaw cause he's really smart. Oh yeah. He's super smart. Yeah. He's a super smart guy. He, he, he didn't know Plank's constant, but he thought he did. Right. So mm-hmm. he's smoking a little of that, uh, halfling's leaf. <laughs> <laughs> What's the Harry Potter equivalent to half? I think it's just leaf? all I got is butterbeer. Uh, yeah, just butter, fire whiskey, butterbeer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that's all I got. All right, well, let's so move they on. They do have that uh, ganj. fireball cinnamon whiskey. <laughs> Pretty sure that's in one of the books. Yeah, that ganj is what they call it. Uh, this next email I'm going to read. Uh, I can't read it in, in its entirety because uh, she wrote us a novel and it's it's brilliant. There's so many good points here, but uh, I'm just a little nervous with the runtime on this episode. But uh, it, it reads it's from Brittany and the subject line is thoughts on will psychic tethers and tropes to subvert. Uh, and it says, hello there. Hello there. Hello so there. it's actually hello from there. Obi-Wan Kenobi. First of so all, uncivilized. <laughs> first of all, Heath bars are awesome. Thank you. I Team de- Heath. <laughs> I defy you to find a better candy topping for ice cream. Heath coated Klondike bars all day. Listen, no one is We're fucking. No cold. one is arguing that Heath's aren't a good topping when they're crushed up and put on ice cream. You know, the better thing you're wanting to eat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But by themselves, we're just saying. Yeah, she just saying. Saying. I think she just did you a disservice, Andy. Mm-hmm. When coupled with delicious <laughs> chocolate and vanilla team. ice cream. She's on my side. <laughs> also, I have some thoughts about Stranger Things. Smiley emoticon. I finished season four and it really left me wanting more. So I found your podcast and started rewatching the series. I wanted to point out a couple of things and develop some theories. Develop. Uh, number one. Number one, music in the upside down. Uh, and and she goes on to talk about the clash playing and whether or not this has something to do perhaps with uh, Vecna again. And then talks more about Eddie and uh, Steve working together to perhaps sing old time rock and roll that we talked about in the mailbag episode. All that's very good. And number two, uh, she talks about Will being a special boy uh, and the fact that he might have powers or abilities and she does this brilliant analysis and these comparisons between uh will and henry creel 
and the fact that Will is often talked about as a sensitive, special boy, um, and then his homosexuality in her second point about Will. And I'm going to read all this in its entirety as best I can. Uh, when I replayed season one, I was kind of shocked to see how obvious they made it. Joyce relays to Hopper that his own father, Gross, called him queer and an expletive uh about uh, gay people. The bullies in season one are also maddeningly evil and mock Will's death to his friends, saying he's probably happier in a fairyland with all the other fairies, all happy and gay. There's more evidence in further seasons. I think it's basically a fact at this point. I would pretty much agree with you. Mm -hmm. But I want to point out something else I haven't uh, seen much discussed. Henry Creel is also coded as very, very gay. He's also described as a special boy. He describes bullying that his family had tried to escape, but People are the same everywhere. The imagery of him giving that monologue is in the rainbow room. A very femme man with rainbows all around him describing how he's been bullied and oppressed his entire life is striking to me. He never found acceptance even within his own family. Since he had no real friends or family who understood him, he turned to a theory of superiority and godliness, decrying the human cycle of reproduction. It reminds me of how some of my gay friends mockingly refer to breeders, quote unquote. No shade. I know where the derision stems from and celebrate the incredible creativity of the gay community so she's talking about uh, the superiority as a defense mechanism to marginalized communities but henry makes it dark henry's father thought the family was being haunted by a demon because of something he did during the war but the mother somehow knew it was henry psychic link with mothers question mark his origin story is giving school shooter vibes coding villains gay is an old cinematic trope that continues to this day i'd like to see that subverted and i think will being a special boy who uses his powers for good would be a great balance. Will has been bullied and misunderstood by a lot of people, but he has strong friendships and a loving mother and brother who accept him for who he is. I could go on, but I think you get my drift. Uh, so again, she's thought, hey, there might be a, a, an illusion that Will has powers, which is something that a lot of people have mentioned and I've hated. Like, oh, you can't just... Not everybody's going to have powers in this show, guys, is how I've always taken it before. But Chrissy but, has a tingle. But with her analysis on the gay coding of uh, um, Henry Creel... I, I saw it from a different light and I thought that was really interesting and that we could have these kind of, uh, they could be foils, like instead of 11 and one, which is how I've always seen it as foils. I think those are the obvious foils that perhaps will and Henry could be foils. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, in the event that, uh, Henry Creel is gay, then yes, absolutely. I think that, uh, un, un subverting the, uh, history of Hollywood of uh, codifying villains as homosexual. I think that that is an absolutely wonderful way to uh, subvert that. However, uh, I also did not read Henry Creel as being a gay person. I, I, I think that uh, j the rainbow room was established before this character was. So I, I, I would not read too far into that. Uh, also, um, the fact that it's a uh, femme uh, body type for the actor, I think that he's a wonderful actor regardless of that. And I think that he just fit the part no matter what. Um, but I absolutely agree wholeheartedly that I want this to be Will's story ultimately. And I think that uh, it would be wonderful if they went that way. Um, I think that it would be so affecting that like it's always been deus ex 11 and it would be great to uh, see it come from somewhere else and it would be so powerful for it to come from somebody who is gay and uh that would be a, an absolutely wonderful thing i don't think that it has to be the good gay guy versus the bad gay guy um and i just didn't read it that way and maybe i'm just reading it wrong i don't know what do you guys think
I, I, go ahead, Steve. Oh, I was going to say, I think this take is, uh, what was the writer's name? I'm sorry. Uh, Brittany, I think. Brittany. Yes. I think what Brittany writes. Jersey. I think what Brittany writes is actually like really fucking genius. And I think it's amazing. Um, I really like uh, the parallels. I, I agree with Andy. Like I, I want Will to be more of a presence in the show moving forward. And like, I, I, I kind of want him to have powers because it's Will. It's my boy. Mm-hmm. Um, my boy. My boy. Uh, I don't know necessarily. I think uh, by the end of the series, I think there would definitely be an argument to be made that uh, one slash Vecna slash Henry is a gay character, but I don't know if the show is ever going to like come out and say that he is. Cause I, I don't know if that's quite important to what that character's journey is. Um, but I do like that they're planting those seeds because I, I don't know. I think that adds a layer to that character that is incredibly interesting. And I would love, uh, love that to be there. Um, and I do really like the foil that you mentioned, Chris of, of foiling him with, uh, with uh, will. I think that's great. I would love to see that explored. Yeah, I'm trying not to say too much because I think there's another email that has a little bit of the points uh, or or st- starts to uh, a conversation that I want to have that's similar to this. Um, but I did want to point out one thing I was going to say is I don't think Brittany is implying that they will ever explicitly confirm uh, the sexuality of of Henry Creel. Mm-hmm. I think what she was saying was um, just the coding, you know. And yes, the rainbow room was there, but specifically yeah. the, and the visual parallels. imagery of it, him standing in that rainbow room. And she's one hundred percent right because I don't know if people are like even aware that that is a thing that Hollywood's done for many years is coding. Yeah, villain. Like, like just look at Bond uh, villains, Ursula from The Little Mermaid. That's definitely a coded gay character, mm-hmm. and they've always or uh, like Scar from The Lion King. Like Disney does, does this shit all the time in the eighties and nineties. Feminine. Yeah, they're they're slightly flamboyant, you know, know. and that that is a problem that I think people I think we're getting away from. It's still definitely there in in the world, but I think it's becoming a less and less of a thing. And so she brings up a great point. You're right. Mm -hmm. Speaking of tropes that need subverted, uh, Brittany makes one last point. Please don't fridge Nancy. Not sure if you guys are familiar with this, with the women in refrigerators trope, how women characters are often raped, maimed or killed as a plot device to inflame protective slash vengeful motivations and male characters and move their arcs forward. I'd hate to see this happen to Nancy in order to use Steve and Jonathan's love for Nancy as a unifying force instead of a sticky love triangle. She's such a well-developed character in her own right. Don't fridge Nancy Duffer brothers. Um, Thank you so much for writing in. That's a, a brilliant point. Um, I'm only okay with it if it uh, promotes Ted to his. God damn, uh, God damn it, Andy. God damn it. makes it so much that worse. That makes it so much worse. So if much you worse. fridge Nancy to further the Ted agenda, <laughs> that's the most Ted thing you've ever said it's on this show. The only time I'm okay with it. <laughs> Absolutely agree. Um, 100% uh, about the fridging of Nancy. Uh, I, I only expected her to. to meet her demise in some kind of heroic Nancy-esque way uh, tied in with her. But here's the thing about that. The more I think about it, the more I hate it. Not only would it be terrible if she was fridged for Steve and Jonathan, but I also hate the idea that she still, that she would perish with such guilt over Barb, like this, this tiny mistake that she made, you know, years ago, that still, I mean, she was rude to her friend, but she's in high school. Like yeah. she had no way of knowing that she would be eaten by a monster yeah. outside. Yeah. She's it like, wasn't, Hey, I'll talk even... to you tomorrow. I, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it wasn't like a malicious rudeness. It right. was just kind of like, I just, Hey, I want to hang out with this boy. Sorry. The like, inherent selfishness of adolescence. Yeah, absolutely. I'm um, just trying to go get me some. So it's, it's just, cool. 
Yeah. That would be sad for me. Um, hashtag justice for Nancy. Moving on. I've never heard it called fridging. What, what, do, you, do you guys know what, why that is? What is it? It's named after the 1994 Green Lantern comic in which the hero returns home comic. to find that his nemesis, Major Force, has murdered his girlfriend, Alexandra DeWitt, and stuffed her corpse into a fridge um, just to give him a reason to fight crime and whatnot. Mm. Right. So um, fridging. Interesting. Not a way to go. Sounds like the cool hip sex thing all the kids are doing now. Ew. Uh, <laughs> hey, girl, you want to go fridge? <laughs> uh, Brittany, thank you so much for writing in. That was wonderful. Uh, we've got another email. We've got two emails left. Hang with us. Uh, from This one comes in from Alyssa, and Andy's going to read it. And she's writing from a place that I don't know, but I know where she works. <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa says, Hello. I'm new to your pod as I'm looking for all things Stranger Things 4 to keep my hype up whilst we wait for the second drop and I stumbled upon you guys. I missed your mailbag. Sad. Oh, hey, you got us this time. But didn't know if you've ever addressed the additional egos in the series besides the 80s egos. Durham egos. If you have, disregard and carry on. But if not, they're fun to note. This is fun. Obviously, the Brothers Duff are from Durham, North Carolina. And Brothers Duff. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and have sprinkled in some fun little Durham Easter egg Easter eggs egos. Come on, throughout. I've <laughs> only lived here about three years and spent a great portion of that staring at the four, inside four walls of my one bedroom apartment. Thanks, COVID. But here's all the ones I've noticed in my rewatch of the series. One, Mike or Jesus. One, Will goes missing, <laughs> and the boys mention that Merkwood is off Cornwallis and Curly, which is a real intersection in Durham and is mentioned way more than just that first time. Lock Nora neighborhood is where Max says she heard that they should go get the big candy bars on Halloween. Rich people are such suckers. And Lock Nora is a pretty uppity and expensive neighborhood in Durham. When Bob, rest in peace, is helping solve the mystery of Will's map, he mentions the Eno River and Lake Jordan, which are both bodies of water in Durham. Five, Hopper sets up his and Joyce's not a date, totally a date, at Enzo's restaurant. While it's a pizza place in Durham and not a fancy restaurant, still relevant. It's like when or, I'm doing the Mad Libs and I just look at shit on Andy's table to come up with a word. That's what the Duffers do. <laughs> These numbers jump all over the place. One, two, three, five, four. Five. <laughs> okay, so uh, where are we at? Uh, we're at four. When Next you, one. Next one. When Joyce and Murray are calling Human Enzo in Alaska, Murray reroutes the call to come from Durham itself. Human Enzo. <laughs> uh, Antonov. <laughs> And lastly, my personal favorite, the bougie, bougie neighborhood with all the big fancy houses adjacent to the yes. tennis club in Durham is called Forest Hills. Ironically, the name of the trailer park. I got a good laugh out of that one. Oh, that is pretty funny. funny. So there's a super rich neighborhood where they're from and they named the trailer park in the show after it. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. Great. There's probably a list somewhere with way more and I'm just not utilizing Google, but that's what I got. Totally irrelevant to anything in the plot, but I love this. Sh I love shit like this and I hope you guys enjoy it. Too. Oh, I love Stay like strange, that Alyssa. We Alyssa, sign off. Stay strange. God, Alyssa. Wow, you're in firing on all. If cylinders. I did a chocolate pudding of the hundred or so emails we got, this would probably be more in in my three. Yeah, yeah just the structure, sure. the little the, the little names. Andy screwed it up because Alyssa actually said expensive neighborhood with an apostrophe. Oh, did she which say expensive? She said expensive. Expensive. Oh, oh, <laughs> little little touches like that, I appreciate. But those Duramegos are awesome. Steve, read our final email. This one comes in from Evan. And there is no location. So mystery of the place. From it, his iPhone. This is a big theory alert. 
Everybody sit the fuck down. I see Stranger Things 4 as story about mental health, not monsters and dimensions. The Hawkins program is about harnessing the power of trauma and negative emotion beyond the brain and into the physical world. When Eleven quote unquote creates the upside down, she channels the only thing more powerful than hate, love. She locks one into an eternal struggle with his own demons, as well as the ones he has collected from his victims. The collective power and trauma of one's mind is able to affect an entire town, a scaled-up version of, say, Eleventh Powers. The Mind Flayer may be one's personal struggle or fear, spiders, hatred of parents. The only way to stop Vecna not be fighting... The only way to... Stop Vecna from fighting him. Yeah, the only way to stop Vecna from fighting him, but understanding him... Vecna is not the five-star general. He is trapped and therefore one and the same with all of his victims. I, I almost said victims. <laughs> Vectins. Uh, That's what I'm calling them from now on, Vectums. Steve. Vectums. There we go. Uh, I think I think this theory has maybe not been talked about is because of the unpopular ending that it would suggest. Most super fans of the show seem to want a Helm's Deep mega battle, but I believe... I'm going end. in Helm's Deep. <laughs> I believe, I believe it will end up. with a love is the answer Jedi slash Sith emotional light show. Loving the pod, Evan. Um, Some really great points here, Evan. Um, I think that they're the duffers are in a bind because people are going to want like a big finale and they're going to get it right. Uh, but also, I think that you're on the right track. Um, the reason I wanted to I wanted to talk about this during Brittany's email because she talked about Vecna a lot going through some uh, mirrored struggles uh, of will. Right. And the actor who plays Vecna uh, or Henry Creel or one has come out and said that he doesn't see uh, Vecna or one as uh, the villain. Right. And people were up in arms because everyone on the Internet is still convinced that the mind flare is gone or works for Vecna and Vecna is the big bad. And they can't wrap their minds around the fact that he's not right. Uh, and he's, he's I'm here to say he's definitely not. And the actor is like, I don't I don't see him as the villain. And I think that that's because of the things that Brittany was talking about the previous email that he's suffered all of this uh, otherness and trauma himself. And he's more of a tragic figure like Darth Vader. Um, or maybe, you know, a, a Shakespearean tragic figure, in fact, um, than some big giant bad, right? So I think there's going to be uh, some reckoning, some redemption with Vecna, similar to what Evan's talking about here, more than like a giant defeating of Vecna, right? It's going to be a healing of him, maybe after they defeat the Mind Flayer or before, and then they go to the Mind, I don't know, but you know what I'm saying? Oh, oh for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yes, I think that... Uh, uh, let's see. Evan's reading of this is absolutely spot on as far as like if you get into like the metaphorical aspect of like what is the show ultimately portraying. I think he's absolutely spot on. And I think that that's what all the best works of art do is uh, they have a general theme that applies to not just like life in general but like the inner struggles that people deal with and all the best art holds up a mirror but the best is that the best ones not don't just hold a mirror but they hold up an x-ray and show you what's going on inside and uh i think that uh that's absolutely uh absolutely absolutely valid and if not just valid but also probably pretty close to accurate uh description of probably what the duffers have been going for Duffers. Duffers. <laughs> no, that's hundred percent true. I do want to touch on the, I, I, w- I was unaware that there was a Helm's deep, like people wanted a Helm's deep style ending, but I, I think we, I think the love is the answer 
thing that Evan is getting at is is 100% true. Um, we've already seen that happen once. I think they're going to lean into that more. But I think we're going to we're not going to get the Helm's Deep style battle at the end. We're going to get the Return of the Jedi style battle scene where Eleven is going to have her psychic fight with whatever big thing. Maybe someone else, Mike or Hopper, is going to be there to help her. But then everyone else is going to be having the the starship battle outside the Death Star. I think that's what we're going to get. Yeah. And it's going to be Vecna again, right? Like uh, and maybe in his current form and maybe he'll turn back into Henry or something. There'll be that scene where the mind, <clears throat> the mind flare is electrocuting Eleven and and Victor Creel's like looking back and forth and <laughs> picks up the mind flare and throws him down a giant gate. Uh-huh. No. But Lando Calrissian flies in on the Millennium Falcon to save the day. I can't wait. <laughs> Hell yeah. If it's actually Lando. Yes. <laughs> Billy D. Williams Fuck just it. shows yeah. up. How you doing, Chewbacca? <laughs> uh, I, I thank you so much to, to to the so many people that wrote in. Continue to write in to streamingthingspod at gmail.com. We love emails like that. You guys are so smart and help us enjoy the show more. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, before we sign off, we've got the most important part of the show. We got to finish this uh, Murray story. Steve, what what monstrosity did we create? Let's find out in the story titled "Spare Me." We go on. It writes, no one believed me at first. Murray Bauman, he's coarse, they said. He's a real flarfenargan head. Mm. Do you know what I say to those high heels? Go ahead and steam at my alien findings and excrement research. But how does it feel knowing that I, crazy Murray Anderson, predicted the present of Russian buns here in Hawkins? (laughs) Them cakes? Huh? Russian cakes. Who's laughing now? Well, not me. We've got an inconsolable issue on our hands. My years as a taxidermist have prepared me for the worst, but not for something like this. There's not even enough urine to get me through what's going on in this fluffy town. (laughs) To think, I'm now joining forces with a bunch of scarce 19-year-old kids and Jim Blesser, of all people, to stop the caravans from invading. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Hannity wrote this shit. Holy shit. Oh, no. One second, it's oh hard teenage nonsense. <laughs> the next, a couple of arguing beers. Spare me! Is it my favorite way to work? No. But whatever it takes to insert back the curtain and t- take down the man. Insert back the curtain and take down the man. And that was Spare Me. Spare Me. A Stranger Things Mad Lib story. I think that directed by Chris and Andy. No, no. I'm not, don't put my name on that shit. I think that one hit some choppy waters. <laughs> some very choppy waters. I don't but know. The, uh, the caravans invading was very prescient. Yeah. Not a fan. Special thanks to Alex Jones. This, this must have been written next to near an election. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's all the time we have this week. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned. We got some more in-between episodes. And then, of course, some hot cuts coverage of stranger things four part two damn that's got more titles than the mission impossible seven <laughs> that's all the time we have my name is chris i'm andy and i'm steve and this has been streaming things happy streaming Um, hello? Is this thing on? 
Yeah, they called me over here to thank some people. Been giving them like money or something. I don't know. That's really cool. I could use some money. Anyway, uh, here, thank you to Phil. He's cool, I guess. Uh, Carmelita. Uh, Carrie, thank you. Enza, that sounds cool. What are you from Belgium or something? Uh, thank you to Cake. Thank you, Cake. Mm. Thank you, Cake. I sure do love Cake. Absolutely. Anyway, thank you to Katie. Um, thanks to Jimmy. He sounds cool. Thanks, Sarah. Uh, thanks to E. E. Lopez. Man, that's cool. Hey, thanks, Kyle. Uh, thank you to Thomas. That's a cool name. Thanks for the money and stuff. Uh, thank you to Shay. Uh, Steven, the, there's five Stevens, I guess. Thank you. Uh, thank you to A. Wells. That's neat. Thank you for the money and stuff. Thank you, Danielle and Kimberly. Thank you, Andrew. That's not the Andrew that's on the show. It's a different one that has money, and that's appreciative. Uh, thank you to Robin. Uh, thank you to Michelle. Uh, Ashley, super cool. Plus Jade. Can't forget Jade. Thank you. Thank you to Mindy. Uh, Mindy's super dope. Thank you to Alex and David. David's cool. He was in the Bible. And thank you to Jacqueline. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's Jay Quellen. And thank you to Amelia. I heard your plane crashed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're doing okay listening to, to podcasts and stuff. And thank you to Katarina. And lastly, uh, John, also uh, in the Bible, I presume. And yeah, anyway, thanks for all the money. Was not expecting Amelia Earhart joke. <laughs> Jesus. 